Conscious Collaboration brings together entrepreneurs, changemakers, and thought leaders. We aim to highlight the people that embody the idea of aligned mind, body, and business. Each week, we share, discuss, and learn from the various experiences and ideas of our guest experts. Through our discovery, we find a path to an aligned mind, body, and business. What up, y'all? It's Emily. And I'm Lisa, and we are the Conscious Collaboration. And we're back with you today to talk a little bit more about that subject we did a few episodes ago about that first year in business. And we wanted to be really candid, really show up and share with you all the ins and outs of that first year because we were hearing from our friends that... Um, they were really despondent about seeing in social media uh, the first year in business and 50k months, and um, you know, and they were feeling like they weren't getting very much traction or even having an understanding of what their systems or processes might be. Um, so we felt it really important to show up and share with you in that episode what we experienced and are experiencing in our first year of business. And we're going to share a little bit more with you today um, and go a little bit deeper into the idea of building a business that's sustainable um, and um, becoming more a part of your life and also more of the joy and fun. Right, girls? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So let's jump into the joy and fun before we get into you know, the, the other stuff. so Because it is fun. I wouldn't yeah. know you guys otherwise. <laughs> right. Exactly. And of course, if it were all bad, we wouldn't still be here. <laughs> yeah. We're still here for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Am I chained up here? <laughs> Show up to work every day? <laughs> no, I mean, it really, it really is it is fun. I mean, there is that, um, you know, if, if you like to show up for a challenge, I, I mean, challenges can be and should be overcome every day. So it's really fulfilling mm-hmm. to be able to create something um, from just like a seed of an idea. I mean, just think about like those early days when we were dreaming up our businesses and probably chatting about it with a girlfriend or something over wine and then being able to take it from that idea into something that you're doing. Mm -hmm. every day. Yeah. It's a creation. Yeah, for sure. What are some of the things, um, Emily, in the beginning days that you found joyful and different from moving from being, you know, from a nurse and doing nine to five corporate type of world? um, Seven to seven. (laughs) Well, yeah, six thirty to twelve hours shifts. Let's to be honest. PM, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but corporate nonetheless, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, I brought this up in the in the last episode, and I'll reiterate because it's the absolute most joyful thing about it. For um, I don't know, I don't really use the term free spirit, but uh, <laughs> for lack of a better word, I guess for a person like me that autonomy and that ability to decide what going to work means for you every day. Um, So much better than the restrictive nature of 
other entities and other people just deciding every bit of that for you. And uh, in all that process, you know, not having the resources that you need to do, you know, your job in a way that feels ethical. And I mean, all, all those things compounding um, just is soul draining. It really is. So when you get to a point where you know you are not following the true path that is meant for your soul, once you lock in and are able to feel like you're following that path on your own business, in your own creation, um, I mean, that to me is one of the biggest feelings of joy and fun that there is, even if the money's not quite flowing. Yeah. I think too, um, like you said, the autonomy, uh, those moments when you realize, oh, I don't have to take a PTO for this. Um, I can just go get this done. I can make my own schedule, you know, um, I can go away on a Tuesday or go to the beach if I really wanted to, or, you know, just stuff like that. And it, it feels weird at first Mm -hmm. because you feel like you shouldn't be doing that, Yeah, you know, because it's like Monday through Friday and then you get your weekend is the norm, societal norm. And so now it's like, oh, wait, no, I could, if I want to take off Mondays and not have the Sunday scaries anymore, (laughs) take off Mondays and I'll make my work week Tuesday through Friday or, you know, whatever you can kind of make it up as you go. There are yeah, no, you can make it work. No rules. The is the limit basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just removing that limit, I think. And I think we kind of touched a little bit on that in that last episode as well. Um, and especially, I think I talked about it being um, in transition and in my first year, uh, getting out of that like scheduled mentality and being more in the flow of things. And obviously you need to have some kind of schedule, uh, but it's not like you have to By work from design. nine to five. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. And I, I agree on that too. And it, and I think the, the work culture has changed so much. Um, I left around three years ago and things have shifted even more so since the pandemic but I mean, you can tell us too, Michelle, it's not like the workday is nine to five anymore and weekends off because now there's a lot more appointments that are taken at home. So work is coming into the household anyway, and you really are working more than a nine to five um, than, than even what I, I was familiar with in the corporate world. Um, but yeah, the idea of being able to um, you know, you, you mentioned this too, Michelle, the idea of having the routines and, um, you know, the framework of a day, there's some comfort in that and you can recreate it yes. in your own way, um, to make you feel that familiarity and comfort and, and security in what you're doing in something that feels, um, you know, very creative and, um, and, uh, unexpected every day. Um, but yeah, Emily, with, with shifting from working in nursing and getting into your own business, did you feel that your, I mean, I always say this all the time too, like the, the, the years fly by now having my my own business, like 
flies by. It feels like I feel like it's a different you know, lifetime. Right. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> what did I do before this? <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like when you get in a relationship and you're like, I can't remember anybody before you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Or because yeah, it's a, <laughs> well, yeah, it's a what different timeline. Before the collab. <laughs> yeah. What did we do before the collab? No. I, I mean, mean that's a that's a significant part of the joy too, though, right? Like is sure you leave the work culture and you leave like the the forced work teams that are created in the departments that someone else chooses for you. And when you have your own business, you get to choose mm-hmm. who your work teams are. Well, and it's sort of that like just open lane to create the golden ticket of careers, which is doing work that doesn't feel like work. And, you know, the entire point of this is in the first year, I mean, it absolutely does feel like work. It's a ton of work while you figure out what work is necessary and what work is not and all those sort of things. Uh, But, you know, you really have that freedom to get yourself to that point where what you're doing is not, even if it feels like work, it's not suffering it's not it's not stagnant we were just talking about the energy of stagnation and how like even if it's a successful day um and you're having that like okay this is the recipe to get success in my day and i got all my stuff done and we we got the big account or whatever but there's that feeling of stagnation because there's no ingredient of change in that Mm -hmm. yeah right Exactly. And then along those same lines of choosing, um, you know, your teams or your who you're going to collaborate with, you also eventually get to a point where you choose the clients you work with and mm-hmm. clients you don't want to work with. And, mm-hmm. you know, when you're in a regular corporate position, you, a lot of, you know, you can't choose who you're put with or who your boss ends up being. And, you know, you're kind of just have to deal with it. You can't, I mean, you can walk away, anybody can walk away from a job, but it's, it's not that simple, you know, as if you had a client and you can just say, I, I'm not going to work with this person. So mm-hmm. that's another positive and free freedom type of thing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to, I would say, experience the, um, non-ideal client a few times, hopefully not more than a few times, but, uh, you know, to understand what that really means. Cause you do come from that mindset off, or at least I did in the beginning of like, you're, you're scraping for every client you can get. So you'll, you know, bend over backwards and do things schedule wise that you don't really want to do. And, and, um, you know, certain clients, We'll kind of try to just take and take and take um, wherever you are willing to give. So I think you have to experience that a few times before you get to that place where you understand that you do not need every client and that you can really choose to attract who your ideal clients are. Yeah. And I think that also brings up a point of, you know, why it can be difficult 
to make that jump into your own business if you've been in a, you know, career for 20 years and where you're you almost to get like numerically as many clients as humanly possible. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. But you, you like, it's hard at first to think about, it's exciting to think about, okay, I'm going to start a business. I'm going to have freedom. I'm going to have all these things. But then at the same time, you're essentially almost starting over. And, and if you're already at a level, even though you don't like where you're at, it's comfortable and you know, after a certain time, you, you're done for the day. And so, like you said, the first year there, you know, you do have to put in a lot of work. You end mm -hmm. up probably working more than you were working in your nine to five job. Mm -hmm. However, once you can get through that part, I guess that was our point of, you know, the last episode too, was like, this is the real deal here, but it's so worth it on the other side. Right. Um, and it goes so, along with the idea, sorry, Michelle, of um, no, that's okay. just anything great is you have to, you know, is going to be hard to obtain, <laughs> basically. Or, yeah. You know, and and even in like the situation I'm in, where I'm like in both feet are in both worlds still, um, there'll come a point where it's going to be like, okay, it's time to take the jump, the final jump. You know, and, and when is it going to get to where, you know, I'm going to have to make that decision. I mean, I know that's the goal. Of course, that's the goal. But you still get stuck in that, like, uh, safety, even though there mm -hmm. really is no true safety. But um, so I guess the reason I'm saying this or feeling called to say this is just for anybody, uh, listeners out there that are in that situation or wanting to leave their career and start again because it can be so scary. Um, but it's worth it, definitely, mm -hmm. getting through all of that. Um, but like we're saying right now, there's there's a lot of joys too in the beginning and excitement. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So I think that kind of might be a good place to talk about the sustainability and adaptability of businesses. Mm -hmm. Um. Well, because, so, because same as the body does not like stagnation, the energy around you in your environment does not like stagnation either. So whether that stagnation comes from complacency because, you know, you have nailed the big project or, uh, you know, things have worked out for you a certain way, um, you always have to be able to adapt to the inevitable changes of your clients, your clients' needs, um, the, the economy, the market, like every, you know, trends, whatever is applicable to your industry. Um, but, you know, it's sort of easy to get stuck on something that worked for you or something that felt good for a little while and to um, not to be hesitant to take that step forward to make the unknown changes, even already within your business that you've, that you've started to make the sort of changes into the unknown to make sure that your business does not stagnate. 
Yeah, and, and I think that goes into the, mm-hmm. yeah, and the adaptability of change is, that's one of the biggest things um, that you get so used to being, like you said, stagnant almost um, and going into business and having a business, you really have to be open to change or at least learn how to manage change or manage your own emotions around change because it's going to, It's. I mean, it's just a silly thing, but it's true. Change is the only constant. Change so only- it's going to happen, you know, so it's how you adapt to that um, change. And that takes time. I mean, it takes mm-hmm. time, like you said, of getting those clients that you might not want at first. It takes mm-hmm. time learning of learning the, job. the market. <laughs> I mean, I'm still learning every single day, mm-hmm. just, yeah, you know, being so new. So what about you, Lisa? I mean, you, I'm sure you've got a lot of wisdom on this. Um, yeah. I mean, everything you, you both are saying about the idea of, of, um, creating that sustainable business does involve you having to navigate the changes in all of the environments. So think about when you are forming all of your foundations in that first year, um, it's like setting up camp, right? So you're going to like form the foundation of where you're going to set up camp for a community for like a long trip or something like that. Um, It needs to have the resources to be able to sustain it. And it needs to have the resources to be able to sustain it through all of the seasons. So say you're setting up camp for like a year-long journey and you are trying to make it livable for you and your friends. Um, You might have a great spot that's been cleared out with a great foundation. And in the spring, you have a garden that's plentiful for everybody. And, um, And it might be sunny on that side of the mountain at that time of year. But then the seasons change. And that foundation that you work so hard to create, even though you love it so much, you can't cling to it because it works so well for you in the spring. You might need to uproot and totally move to the other side of the mountain because that's where the sun's going to hit that time of the year. And maybe that's where you're going to have your gardens growing. Um, so there's the idea of in that first year of business, you kind of fall in love with the systems that you create once you start to be rewarded by the money coming in and you're like, I can do this. Um, this system works. This pricing works. I love these clients. This is the type of work that lights me up. And then things start to change in the environment and you're like, it's not working. Um, so the even the, though you love what you created so much, you can't keep revisiting something thinking it's going to work because you're holding on to it. Um, I remember in the corporate world, there was like that idea of creating like a, um, what was it called? It was, there was all these acronyms, by the way, that cracked me up in business. But, oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. So like, you know, it, for example, talking about attrition in business and wanting to retain um, employees, you would come up with like what you, every employee would come up with like, what is your daily list of things that you do? Um, and then pass that on to the next person that takes your role. Well, that that shouldn't um, that shouldn't be the idea that you take into owning your own business. Um, and actually, I don't even think that's something that's sustainable in in a large corporation either, um, because of how fast everything is changing these days. Um, so it's almost like being able to be the most adaptable and the most flexible is the recipe for success. So while you might have um, 
gotten a big client and gotten a big success and experienced a lot of growth in in your own business, um, that doesn't mean don't keep looking for the next thing. You need to be planting seeds in other areas to be able to sustain you through all the seasons. So, um, yeah, so I, I would say, like, just like we're doing this podcast together and we do work together outside of this podcast, um, we have a lot of seeds planted, right? Mm-hmm. So that means making sure that your foundations are, they go beyond your backyard, they go beyond your pretty website or your Facebook page or your Instagram account that can be hijacked at any moment. My my friends was just hijacked this week. As a matter of fact, her business page. It's so sad yeah. because sometimes that's the only imprint there is of a new business. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess that's yeah, a good kind that's of a good point. tip is to never rely on one one thing one one idea one stream of income and it's also necessary for innovation and if you're an entrepreneur i mean i imagine that it's important to you to be innovative in your in your field so you know you have to be able to change and adapt to <laughs> to be innovative and yeah, and Emily, we were too. talking about this. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't even see you right now. Your your camera went off. But um, this reminds me of our conversation, Emily, that we had yesterday while we were working out together, is the idea of visibility in a business. It goes beyond any kind of imprint that you have, um, even virtually. But there's that idea of getting out there in the community as well. Um, so it's, to your point, there needs to be more than one touch point. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, I had referenced a, um, a Gary V little reel that I saw as well uh, that I thought put it really um, in a cool way. And, and somebody had asked him, you know, how do you manage with so many things going on at once? And obviously to paraphrase, um, he said, you know, I just, I, I give myself permission to make mistakes and to not be great at everything I touch. He said, I'm okay with juggling 30 balls at one time because I know that I'm okay with dropping 18 of them and, you know, doing something with, with the other 12. Um, so there's that sort of idea of just being present in as many places um, and acting on as many ideas as you have um, and just being okay with a lot of them not working. But then you're in so many places that, you know, something's bound to take hold. I like that. He does that. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. At the Conscious Collaboration Podcast, we are proud affiliates of Atapa medical grade red light therapy devices. Red light therapy boasts a long list of clinically proven benefits, many that I and many of my clients have experienced firsthand. You can be sure that you'll be able to train harder, recover faster, and sleep better with Atapa red light therapy. 
Visit myatapa.com, M-Y-A-T-A-P-A.com, or use the link in our Instagram bio to shop with the code COLLAB15, that's C-O-L-L-A-B-15, for a discount on your device. Yeah, and I think that's a good um, also, you know, thing to bring up about just, just do it. Just do it messy. Don't mm-hmm. worry about being perfect. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, perfection is like the number one killer of <laughs> action. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know personally for me, it's like I, I've had to really just let go of so much and, and just kind of just do it, you know, um, put that one foot in front of the other and just go for it. And from a more, I guess, spiritual or, or mindset perspective, it's about cultivating that neutrality as well so that you're not attached to any one particular outcome or any one particular path to an outcome. You know, you set your goals, of course, but you remain neutral as to whether they happen exactly as you imagine. And, um, you know, that you keep your options open that way. Yeah, and it's that awareness I think that you gain as a um, as an entrepreneur, solopreneur, anyone starting off in that realm is that higher you, you're forced to have that observer mm. uh, energy about you. You're forced to have that higher view of of your surroundings, of um, you know, the landscape and that you're working in, of yourself how you're showing up and when, and that's exciting. And that is, I think something that shows up as would show up as a joy for me is getting to know yourself a little bit more and having that, Mm. um, that courage, um, and satisfaction, um, in knowing that you can do the hard stuff Mm -hmm. and also being going back to autonomy. You're not having someone dictate because you are becoming the researcher. You're be, you're becoming the person that's navigating. You get um, to define yeah. what success means. Yes. Yeah. And actually, I can attest, I had an actual personal experience this week of doing something hard uh, with a client. And um, it was, I was scared as hell, but then just was like, nope, I'm going to keep pushing through. I'm going to get this done. I'm going to do what I need to do. And it was a huge learning opportunity. And at the end, I was like, oh my gosh, I can do hard things. And I know I can do hard things. We all can sit there and say that, but you have, I feel like, I don't want to say like it's an initiation, like, you know, that because I don't want people, I don't know how what I'm, how I'm trying to explain this, but I don't want people to think like you have to suffer through. That's why we're giving these podcasts to try to help people navigate. And, yeah. you know, but I still think there are some things that you do need to go through in your first year. Absolutely. That are That's just such huge learn. learning experiences. <laughs> and it was, it turned out to be super positive in the end. Um, and 
just a reminder that, okay, okay, I can do this. Um, I'm ready for the next, the next challenge. And then I'll up level and you just keep kind of up leveling yourself. And, um, it ended up actually being really exciting. And yeah. Yeah. Just like in life, in business, when, you know, something quote unquote bad or challenging is happening, something doesn't go the way you expect it to go. Just like in other aspects of life, if you approach this situation with the mindset of, okay, what am I supposed to be learning from this? Then it, ultimately it does turn out positive. Every time. Yeah, it makes me think of strength training too. I mean, there's times, exactly. Emily, when I show up and I'm just like, you, you tell me how much the weights are and I'm like, nope, that's crazy. I'm not going to be able to do that. <laughs> and then I can't do it. <laughs> but if I'm, you know, just show up and I look at it as what it is and, you know, it's do the foundation work. fail in right. and in business and in life to progress. Because you don't ever know your true limits unless you test them. And sometimes you will figure out that limit because you don't, you don't lift the weight. You don't, you don't get the thing done that you thought you were going to get done. But you don't then drop the weight and just look at it as you're this terrible failure. No, you, you're like, okay, I know my strength limits and, you know, maybe I can look at these other factors and. And, uh, you know, see what I need to do in the upcoming weeks to approach that better next time and to progress and to, to pick up that weight, you know? Yeah, I know. I used to always say, don't tell me the weight till after. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A lot of Let me just do, do it. And then you can tell me after so out. I don't <laughs> psych myself out. <laughs> but no, 100%, like you definitely – if you, like you said, if you approach it as like each step is a, a learning and a step up to the next, you know, mm -hmm. is a good way to look at it. It makes it feel more positive than scary. And then when you do get that achievement, it feels so much sweeter because you've, you know, failed it <laughs> before. And, um, and then you put in the additional work to, get it done the next time. Yeah. And it's interesting too, because I think, um, failure just isn't in a lot of people's vocabulary. I mean, think about it. you go through school and it's like, if you fail to test, you get in trouble, you know, right. or if you fail, right. it's bad this thing. or that yeah. it's bad. And so you know, you're already associating like end of something. It's like a you do not pass. You shall not pass. Yeah. And so as you get older, failure, you know, you've got it so ingrained that failure is bad. But actually in business, failure is good. It's better um, to keep failing because you're so much closer, like you said, mm -hmm. to something really great. And, and I wish the I sweetness could remember where I saw this, but um, some someone somewhere on the internet was – um, talking about how we should start teaching kids even that failure is actually a positive thing because it means you're, you know, taking the steps 
And that doesn't mean and you're like, okay. Yeah, and you're okay after right, you and you're fail. okay. You're not, it's not the end. It doesn't mean you can't do the thing. You didn't get put in jail for making a failure in your day or messing right. up that appointment or, right. um, you know, dropping the ball on something. What is that? And, and it's, and I don't know, Emily, but is it called progressive overload? Yes. In our workout? It's like progressive overload. (laughs) Doing more overtime. And that requires failing sometimes. But sometimes, Emily, it means like putting like a one pound weight on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. One pound at a time. So you can still get to those big numbers, one pound, five pounds at a time. It doesn't need to be. I mean, can you imagine even put five pounds on the bar every week? You would be a superhero, like non-human strength. After one year, you can't expect just linear, perfect progress in the weight room or anywhere else. It just doesn't work like that. Yeah, it's always a ebb and flow. So it sounds like one of the big takeaways would be failure's good. (laughs) Yeah, lose the failure's good. Failure Failure. is better than. Better than standstill. Yeah. What we were talking about earlier um, today when we were getting together is it's better to fail and to do the little steps than it is to just stand still and rest on something that once worked before. Yep. Um, It's like a sure way way to kill your business. Mm -hmm. And it's, I think, too, just going back to some of the feedback we were getting from listeners and friends about their first year in business. And and we're so lucky to be surrounded by such a huge community of people in businesses now, which is exciting and affirming. Um, But I think a big takeaway is, yeah, there's no recipe. I can't take my recipe, what's working for me necessarily, and hand it over Mm -hmm. to someone else because it's a personal journey. So it's, um, it's your energy that needs to show up and be um, and going back to, we've been talking about authenticity a lot too. Um, it needs to match your and who you are and why you are here to be Mm -hmm. doing what you're doing. So when you see those promises of, you know, oh yeah, we started out doing, uh, $3,000 months and now we're doing $50,000 months in under a year. Uh, that's, you know, just, I, I, I can, I, it's, bull. Yeah, it's bull. I can understand why people are getting despondent at that mm-hmm. um, and feeling like, oh gosh, you know, I'm so far from that. It's it's not progressive overload <laughs> to have that no, type of no, it's not miraculous. You can't throw enough spaghetti at the wall to come up with a formula to to do that on a regular. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. the spaghetti on the wall analogy too. You just keep throwing spaghetti. And if you're really lucky, maybe like half of it will stick. Probably not half of it, <laughs> right? But what sticks, then you just keep following the spaghetti. Is that <laughs> <laughs> you can eat that? You can eat that eat spaghetti it. because it didn't fall on the floor. Eat the spaghetti that sticks. There's no five second rule in business. I got that wrong. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I think this is an important conversation and I think it's a different, different talking about the sustainability and creating the people that you collaborate with in projects and the 
energy that you invite in um, before you become a big entity where you actually have a board of directors, your friends and your collaborators become that. Mm -hmm. And so it's being able to be aware of your surroundings. Who are you sharing your ideas with? Um, and are you able to together learn how are things changing? How are you adapting? Um, really being those think tanks for one another. And um, it's, it's not a, it's not, it is an inside job. It's not a one person job though. So. Yeah. And another cool. thing too, that I've been learning recently and um, this might sound counterintuitive to what we've been talking about. It's absolutely, you know, you want to ebb and flow with your market and, and this, you know, the economy and all those things. But I've also found kind of, if everybody's doing it one way, I feel like do the opposite, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. don't follow, don't get so stuck in comparing yourself and what, oh, they're doing it this way, so I have to do it this way or, right. you know, um, do the opposite. And I've been feeling that a lot lately and trying to do that even with, you know, everybody's all about the reels right now. And yes, I understand that the reels are, you know, important because of the way the the algorithms work with, you know, with social media. And so they're being used more, but it's like, I'm feeling like, no, I don't want to do rules. I want to do something different, you yeah. know? So um, that's just a, an example, but and and even if no it's offense not to anybody doing reels, but <laughs> yeah, no, no, even if it's not opposite, if it's not authentic to you, like you're just like, I just don't want to do them. Then that, I mean, if you started doing reels just because you're quote unquote supposed to, then they might not be successful anyway because the authenticity factor is missing. You're like, I don't want to do exactly. that. <laughs> exactly. So if you do what is authentic to you, whether or not it goes, you know, exactly with what everybody else in your field is doing, that's the most important factor for sure. I like yeah. to do very, very light market research, like just have the vaguest idea, <laughs> you know, of what the other guys are doing. And then I just let go of it. Yeah, I was listening to another podcast um, a while back and they were talking about how when they started their business, it was like 1999 or 2000. So the Internet was just getting ready to peak and get like, you know, big. And so this person was just kind of trying all these things and had no clue what other people were doing because they didn't have access mm -hmm. to see what other people were doing. Mm -hmm. And so she was saying that it's kind of sad, not sad, but it's more difficult nowadays psychologically for people that are coming out to start businesses because there's so much information mm -hmm. and access. So it almost trips you up rather than yep. those days when you literally had no clue how other people were doing it. You're just in your own little world and trying yeah. to make it work, you know? And then she, over time, now this is 99, 2000. Now she is multimillionaire, but that's been years of different, trying different things. Um, you know, it was, she, she didn't have anybody to compare to. So she just did it. She didn't yeah. know any different now immediately 
It's like, okay, I want to start a business. Okay, let me go to my 12 influencers and see what they're doing. You know what I mean? Before you even like just get in your own creative genius zone. Um, So I thought that was really interesting when she said that that was such a a huge point because it's so true. You know, it reminds me, I don't know why. um, It reminds me of when I found out I was pregnant and I'm like trying to put together like a baby shower registry and you go through and you see all the like must have lists that people have put together. And I'm like, do you really need this much shit to <laughs> like have a baby in your house? Like, do you have to, to have turn a your tiny house human into a daycare <laughs> or can I do this like a little bit differently? Maybe instead of a rocker and a swing and a freaking whatever you call those things that you sit on the counters and like maybe I just need like one thing to put my little person in and that'll yeah. be enough and um so just sort of doing it my own way <laughs> and not going with like all oh, the different things that everybody just said you had to have I think was probably a lot less stressful and it's like the episode um you know, where we were talking about tips to to simplify and optimize your health. It's like when you go on there and you're trying to figure out how to put together a workout regimen or, or you know, how to eat, like you get so much information that you're just like, well, I can't really eat anything. <laughs> like yeah. And everybody, you get to a point, like, you know, demonizes something. You get to a point where it's like, just freaking go back to basics, yeah. man. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, just tune out all the noise and tune into your intuition and um, do it the way your authentic self wants to do it. Yeah. Anything else on that, Lisa, before we wrap this up? Oh, gosh. I mean, I really love this topic. I feel like there'll be a part three. I mean, this yeah. is going to be a continuing real talk, I think, for mm-hmm. us because we are just continuing to, we were just talking about there's you know, gas prices are rising and what does that do to our prices and what does that do to our customer experiences and how we're showing up? So this is going to be a continual involvement. But overall, I think there's a joy in the journey and the process. Mm -hmm. And there is a self-discovery in creating the foundations of your business. And it's, yeah, it's not easy in that first year, but it feels good because it's something that you're doing for yourself and for a lot of people, if you really believe in your service, your product, your your um, business and what you're doing, you believe that you're doing something to better the lives of someone else. And that's yes, yeah. why. Yeah, that's that's, that's great. the one of the main things I think to keep coming back to the joyful elements of it is to always have your authentic why. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and and get specific with that, not just, um, you know, to not be in corporate or mm-hmm. freedom. Like, why do you want freedom? What mm-hmm. does what type of freedom? Like, is it mental freedom? Is it freedom to go to the beach every Friday? Is it freedom to take your mm-hmm. kids to school? Like, no wrong get super yeah. super specific because the more you can connect with that, why the feeling the Mm -hmm. more sustainable you will be throughout that first year or two um, when things get hard. Mm -hmm. And I think what keeps you going too is even when times are tough. Um, And oftentimes it's when 
things are the toughest is when you get that thank you or that testimonial that someone's showing up and saying, you really helped me. You helped me change my life. And that's worth more than than anything in encouraging you to keep going. Yeah, for sure. Did we cover? Did we cover the (laughs) I hope everyone's like still hanging in there and feeling um, you know, definitely I would be curious to hear, you know, from more people in their first years, like, is this how business is showing up for them? Um, are we answering their questions fully? Yeah. So definitely, as always, um, send us any questions or stories uh, that you might have on this topic, uh, whether you've started your own business um, or you're thinking about starting your own business. Uh, Send us a DM at Conscious Collaboration Podcast on Instagram or send us an email to Conscious Collaboration Podcast at gmail.com. We want to hear from you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's been, as always, a great time talking with you both. Mm -hmm. Um, And as Emily said, please reach out to us with any questions or any topics you want to hear. We have some exciting guests coming um, Mm -hmm. in the next Mm -hmm. couple of weeks that we're really happy to share with you. So um, thanks again for joining us. And we'll talk to you in five minutes. Talk to you in five. Bye. Peace. Thank y'all so much for listening to our podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends so they can join our circle of collaboration on this journey. You can find us on Instagram at Conscious Collaboration Podcast, on Spotify, iTunes, and Audible to name a few. Please join us next time for another deep dive into how you can live life in more alignment mind, body, and business. Send us your questions and comments in our DMs or email us at consciouscollaborationpodcast at gmail.com. See you in five minutes.